Okay, we're ready to begin. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayechi. Uh, in the Sefer of Ayarvna from Rabitzik Zilberstein, he has the following question. Maisa Mitzmarer, a creepy story. There was a Maisa with a Jew, he says, um, in America. That uh, one day, one day out of a blue moon, he received a phone call in his house. The uh, Ray, don't tell me that you had one of these. Okay, <laughs> he received a phone call from his house, um, from a secretary from an old age home in London, informing him that his uh, mother has passed away. She's an old, old lady. She's an old age home, and she informed him that she has uh, passed away, unfortunately. The child, the son, was completely surprised because she was healthy. She didn't have any uh, condition that um, there was any expect- expectancy for her to, uh, to pass. And it was very difficult for him because he was in a situation where he couldn't travel. Uh, the question does not clarify exactly, but he didn't have permission from the government to leave the country. And so he couldn't uh, leave the United States to go to London to visit her. But what happened was is that he had to call the Hebra Kadisha in, uh, in London to inter her uh, body and take care of her. That's what happened. According to the proper, according to the halacha, the, according to the way that one is supposed to take care of the deceased before burial. Okay. After a couple of days, two days, the son was sitting Shiva. So in the second, third day of sitting Shiva, he receives a phone call. In the phone call, he hears a woman's voice. And the woman says, how come you haven't called me? So he says to the lady, who is this talking to me? And she says, what are you talking about? You don't recognize me? This is your mother. How come you haven't called me? I haven't heard from you in a while. So the son started shaking because his mother's dead. She's calling him on the phone. Long, long distance. <laughs> long distance. Exactly. So he fainted out of shock. After uh, he recovered, uh, he discovered that he was talking to his mother. Okay, so the nursing home called them up and told them that she's dead, and she called them two days later. Mm-hmm. What's the story here? This was not a Tchiyas Mason. This was not a resurrection. She didn't walk out of the grave. <laughs> what happened? The nursing home, the nursing home, the old age home made a mistake. They made a mistake. They called them up and told them that it was his mother that died, but it wasn't really the mother. It was her roommate. Or was the person next to her in the other in the other room, mm-hmm. and they thought it was the mother. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. They made a mistake. So she really never died. She's alive. And he's sitting shiva. <laughs> and he's sitting shiva. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, he's sitting shiva. Start. <laughs> now, now, uh, now they came up with an interesting problem because the family of the woman who is dead don't know that she is dead. 
and she's buried and taken care of because the other one is alive. In the wrong place, too, in the wrong grave. In the wrong place, in the wrong everything. In the Jewish way. <laughs> so now they have an interesting problem because they got to call up the son of the other lady oh, yeah, and tell them that she's dead. Buried. And that they buried her. Right. Okay. So. And we said to Helen, well, everything. That to Helen, everything you want. When oh, she sat over there as the Shaiman, everything. So now the the head of the the head of the the Very old age home decided what is he going to do? He's got to bite the bullet. Got to walk into the fire. Whatever you want to say. And he's got to call up the son right. and tell him that his mother is dead. So he picks up the phone. And he calls up the son, and he says, Tim, you should know, we're really sorry. Your mother passed away a few days ago. We thought she was someone else. So the son cuts him off right away, and he says, Beseda, okay, just make sure that you take care of her, uh, have her cremated, send me the bill, and that's it. So the, 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 the person in the nursing home says, I- I'm sorry, but... Uh, we can't, uh, we we can't, uh, we can't cremate her because she's. We buried her already, right? We buried her already, so we can't cremate her. What are we gonna do? So the son stops and he says, "Oh, my mother wins again. She won." <gasps> <laughs> so, so the son. Okay. So what happened? The the they, they they asked the son what happened and and they figured they figured out the whole situation the whole situation was like this is that the 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 son was Jewish and the son of the of the of the one who was really dead mm-hmm. is Jewish Jewish but he converted to Catholicism and became a priest oh, wow. and uh, the last couple of years he's been in a fight with his mother. The mother, he told his mother that he's going to make sure that she's going to get cremated because that's the right thing to do. And she said, absolutely not. I want to be buried like a regular uh, a, a Yiddish person. So then the whole fight, this is what happened. And so he, he waited. He wanted to wait until she passes away. Then he would cremate her. But what happened was is that she got buried. And that this is what he's saying now, that she is alive. She, 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 she wins. What can I do? She won. Okay, so now, now this, what happened? What happened? She, this mother, she daven every single day. She daven every single day. That uh, she daven every single day. That that this should happen to her. That she should get a normal proper bur- a proper burial. She t- said till him every single day. She have a normal proper burial. And uh, what happened? What, what's in the will or this is the way the story is said. I'm not sure exactly how this is happening. I don't know. Exactly. If the mother says she wants it this way, that's you have to do it, right? So I don't know. doesn't get read for a week after. If you're Right, but how is it possible that the son can can do whatever what he wants if she decides that that's not her wishes. We have the opposite So I don't know, we but the story tells it that way. My sister insisted on cremating his mother because that's what she wanted. Right, so it did, I don't know. But I remember in New York. Yeah. What happened was is that she wanted to, she davened, she davened that she shouldn't happen to her. And uh, her prayers were answered. Her prayers were answered, obviously. This was whole, 
it became clear to everybody involved, it became clear to everybody involved that, uh, wow. became clear to everybody involved that there was Hashgacha here, that the Rabbanshim was involved, that Hashem intervened to make sure that this switch would happen so that the lady should have a proper burial. And the other one, what's it going to hurt anyway? She's alive. What do you want from her? This is what happened. We learned this in the past. But who has to pay then? What? The problem is who's going to pay for it. Oh, this, the Shiloh doesn't discuss. Who's going to pay? We'll ask Ray who's going to pay. The nursing home's going to pay. They're the ones that made the mistake. Yeah. Oh, they got to pay because they made the mistake. Of course, right. So, the... I mean, we, we learned this lesson before. We learned uh, in... Uh, it says here in Parshas Toldos, it says that... Uh, I'm sorry, Parshas Vayetze. It says that Leah, her eyes, the Torah says, were rakos. Her eyes were soft. The Torah says, her eyes were soft. So, Rashi says that the reason why her eyes were soft is because she used to cry all the time, Leah. She was a crier. Is that what they say? She was a crier. She cried all the time. Why did she cry? Because people said, People said that uh, Yitzchak has two sons. Uh, I'm sorry, Yaakov has two sons. No, Yitzchak. Yitzchak has two sons, Yaakov, Yaakov and Esau. And Yaakov is going to marry Rachel, and, and so Leah has to marry... And, and Lovin has two daughters, mm-hmm. Rachel and Leah. Right? So the older one will go to the older, and the younger one is going to go to the younger. So Rachel is going to go to Yaakov, and Leah is going to go to... Uh, Leah is going to go to to Esav. Rashi says, That's what the Torah says. The eyes of Leah were soft. So Rashi here says, that's the reason why they were soft. Because she thought that she was going to um, be in the lot of Esav. That's what she thought. And she used to cry that I shouldn't marry Esav. They said that there are two sons to Rivka. There are two, uh, two, son, uh, two daughters to Lovan. The older one's going to marry the older, the younger one's going to marry the younger. So my Rebbe used to say that Leah, you see what happens, what you can do when you daven, when you say Tehillah. When you daven, you ask Hashem sincerely for something. If you ask Hashem sincerely for something, you can change, you can change what, what was meant for you to be. It was meant to be that Rachel should be the mother she should, be, uh, she should be the mother of the twelve tribes. She should be the mother of the Jewish people. But because Leah was so sincere and she was so committed that she didn't want to marry Esau, she wanted to live a different life, her prayers were answered and it happened the way that she wanted it to happen. And she became also the, the majority uh, stakeholder, shall we say, in the, in, the, in the Jewish people. She had more, more, more children than anybody else. Right? This is what happened. Through the, that's the power my Rebbe used to say, that's the power of prayer, that's the power of tefillah. So you see from this story, one thing that the, that the, uh, the author doesn't mention, but he, I mean, he does mention it, not in this, in, in this context, but you see that because this lady davened, uh, whatever the circumstances were, she got the proper burial that she wanted uh, because of her sincere uh, commitment to Hashem. So that's a lesson for us to learn, that we see that if we uh, really want something really bad, we shouldn't take tefillah lightly, we shouldn't take davening lightly, because... Uh, um, Hashem might just say yes. Who knows? Things might work out the way that we want them to be. Now, that's the story. Now, the story, the son had, the son, this is the son. Now came to the rabbi, he has a question. He has a shayla. Which son? Yeah. The son of the mother that's alive that never okay. died. The mother that died but didn't die. 
for whom he said she, she, he said she before, and then found out that she was alive and she called him up. The son had a shayla. What's the son shayla? He wants to know on whether or not he should make a shechiyon. Okay, so there's a halacha in the in the in the shulchan in Simon Reish Chavbeis. The Machaber says like this. Simon Reish Chavbeis 222 in the, the section entitled Birchas Hoidas Hatoivara, the brachas of thanking Hashem for those things that are good and those things that are bad. So the <clears throat> the, 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 the halacha says like this, based upon the Gemara and Brachas, which we discussed many times, the halacha says, If a person hears something which is good for themselves only, they should say the Bracha of that we thank Hashem that He has uh, made us live and sustained us and uh, fulfilled our lives until this point where we had something good. Now, this is a way to thank Hashem. If they're good for him and for others, if, the, if what the person hears are good for him and for others, then they should say a bracha on uh, the that Hashem is good and that he does good to others. Because it's not only that the person is doing, that, that he's doing good, but he's also doing good for other people. Uh, the Mishnah Brewery here says that it specifically has to be that if he hears something like this, it has to be from a person that you can believe. So a trustworthy person. If the person tells you that uh, something good happened, if they hear the news, when they say the bracha, it has to be somebody um, somebody that's trustworthy, and that person themselves saw the, the thing happen. However, if he heard something, whether it was bad or good, and the person that told them the news is not reliable, or they didn't see it themselves, then the bracha should not be said. So what kind of things do you say now? Because you don't say now like a child... Anything we're going to see. Anything that makes a person happy. Anything that makes a person happy. And on a child that's born also. Here's an example. I never hear anybody say it. What? I never hear anybody say it now. Oh, oh, so we're going to get... One second. We're going to get the the exact... The halacha hears. If he hears, let's say, for example, a person gets robbed, and they hear that the ganav got caught... If they hear right, so they should not say the bracha until they get the money back. If the ganav does not, if the if the ganav pawned off the money, then they should not say a bracha until they actually get the money. Um, if a person now, this is a funny example. It's not for us to discuss this evening, but uh, you know it's funny anyway. If a person is poor and they marry somebody that's rich, a woman that's rich, um, then they should make. Okay, maybe we should leave this out. No, no, no. All right, well, I'll leave it up. All right, fine. Somebody who's who is uh, is is uh, marries a woman that they didn't necessarily want to marry her. That's what Allah seems to say. That happens in life, right? It didn't happen to me, but he doesn't necessarily want to marry her. But he want, but he he's poor. She happens to be rich. I don't know if he married her for her money, or maybe he just didn't want to marry her. He found out that she was rich. So in this case, he should say hatova meitim and a dianemis. Oh should say God. a bracha that Hashem is the true judge, presumably on the marriage, and atov ametiv that it's good and he does good on the money. That's what the Morgan Avram says in the name of the Sefer Hasidim. Now, so the, but then the Mishnah Brura says, Today we don't say these brachas so much. Prima mm-hmm. Godim. 
Uh, also, the Rabbi Yaakov Emden in, in his book, the Morakatiya, uh, says that we don't say these brachas so much. Also, um, yeah, so we, that's why we don't, people don't say the bracha, the people don't say this bracha often. When there's a child, some people do say a shachianu on the child. Here in the, in the um, Piskei Chuvos, in this book, the Piskei Chuvos, it says that, um, that if a person, for example, if somebody passes away, so we do say the bracha, we say Baruch Dayan HaMS. We say that Hashem is the true judge, but we say it without the Shem Machus, we don't say Hashem's name. Then he has some discussion here on whether or not you should perhaps maybe say it on the, on the if, if a person is a teacher, if he teaches you Torah, maybe you should say Hashem's name. I think our meaning is we don't really say Hashem, we don't really say Hashem's name when we say this Baruch Baruch But clearly when we hear something bad, that's sad, for example, if somebody passed away, we say the Baruch Baruch The other Baruchas of Shechiyonu and Atova Meitiv, we really don't say. But if the person says it, that's okay if they say it, if they're really, really happy about what they heard. Something, right, uh, uh, he says like this, well, he could say these brachos if the, if the happiness is in his heart, that he hasn't yet gotten used to, it hasn't uh, already uh, dissipated, the happiness. <coughs> in immediate time, you know, exactly when the baby is born, for example, a person says a bracha, so then they could say that bracha. When, when a young person is dies, they give a different explanation of Dayan Olemas. Which is what? They make one up. Okay. <coughs> I mean, that's, that's the din of the Gemara. The Gemara says that we should accept it with uh, the same way that we accept good things that happen to us. We should accept right. things that happen to us that are not so good. That don't seem good. That don't seem so good. Right. I think it's a Gemara Brachos and 60B. When, when I finished my, my uh, ASU, my, my uh, degree, and I did an honors thesis and everything, I actually, at the end of the honors thesis, I wrote Shachianu. I was so relieved and so, and I felt that Hashem had helped me through that whole thing. I did. I know, right, I so somebody, I, I mean, in the end he says, really, he quotes the Mishnah Barura that we, that we mentioned, and he says that you shouldn't say a bracha. However, he says that for, for sure a person should uh, make it their business to uh, thank Hashem for whatever good that has happened to them. Anyway, so this, this uh, the son, the son, based upon this halacha, he wants to know whether he could say a bracha on, 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 the, uh, on the mother, so on his mother, because he found out he found out that she's alive. But the problem is, she was never dead. So, so his question is, his question is, does the bracha go on the fact that we're happy, or does the bracha go on the fact that we're happy because something happened? Here, nothing really happened. Nothing really happened. So if nothing really happened, even though he was sad before, when he thought his mother was dead, now he's happy that he knows his mother is alive, does that qualify that he should say the bracha, uh, the bracha of Shechianu based upon this Allah? This was his shayla. When he did prayer, he lost a good soup. <laughs> right. Oh, so, so, you mean he said so the dynamics. he say Shechianu? Like, he did, he, the, when he did Kriya, he said the dynamics on the suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not on his mother. But the suit is not getting back. Yeah. The suit is not getting back. But, but he's... He, okay. I guess he had a good relationship with his mother. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's that's something very nice, something interesting. Um, <laughs> Things like that do happen. They do. Absolutely.
It happens. Oh, absolutely. Mistaken, mistaken deaths. Mistaken I mean, identity. how do we, we call that? Mistaken, I don't know what. Identity. Mistaken identity. Mistaken identity. Yeah, I mean, things happen in the middle of the night. The nurse or the uh, worker is tired. They well, you see, I was thinking, according to this halacha, you, the nurse... See, the halacha says you only say the bracha. That's what we saw in the Mishnah Brura in Sivkat Nalef. The halacha says you only say the bracha if you hear it from a person who's reliable. The nurse is a reliable person, yeah, obviously. Sure, yeah. But also that the person saw it themselves. Yeah. Now, the, the, the truth is, the truth is the nurse, the nurse, that she see it herself. Yeah, she saw somebody die, and she she thought at the time that it was the person. The she son's died. question is already not on this. He already knows his mother is alive because he's got it from a reliable source because his mother called him, <laughs> so he knows that she's alive. Mm-hmm. She called him after she died, but the nurse, when she told him, should he have said the bracha baruch dayna emes? She's not. She never. She didn't actually see herself. She, she didn't see herself. The mother died. No, she was told. That's how the mistake was made. Oh, she she was told, right? She didn't actually see the mother die. Or maybe she saw the woman die, thought that was the lady. Yeah, right, yeah. Could be that's what happened. So I don't know if that case already, maybe a person's not going to make a bracha. Mm-hmm. Unless you have to ask you have to ask the nurse, you have to say to the nurse, listen, do you know this lady? Did you see her die? Yeah, but most people don't even think of questioning. These right, but I'm saying that according to the halacha, if you want to say a bracha, maybe you have to question the person. You have to say, did you actually see it happen? Do you know for sure that this is what happened? Because like Ray said, these things happen. They happen a lot. Happen a lot. Accidents happen. People have two women, their persons got mixed up in accidents. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only recent that every state has pictures of people on their, on their driver's license. But these right, things do happen. DNA identification. Until They have to go identify the body. You don't know if it's actually the person. People come in and say, this, not, this is not my relative. This is not my mother. This is not my son. But it's only they only know that after they come in and see. Anyway. That's why funeral directors have gray hair. <laughs> they have gray hair when they start. The guy walked up to a casket a few months ago and said, that's not my father. Really? Yeah, I, I thought I was going to die. And his brother said, ah, oh, you haven't seen him in a long time. He's lost a lot of weight. That's him. <laughs> really? Oh, my goodness. He said, it's not my father. He was sure of it. He hadn't seen him for a year, but the other brother, the other son said, yeah, that's him. Wow. So did you continue with the funeral? Did they get him off like this? They dragged me out to the hospital. <laughs> oh, they dragged you out of the office. I have a heart attack. That's not true. That's not true. Yeah. You don't think things happen? Hang around my place. Anyway, so the... the Excuse me, I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. Now that the, the, the lady died, and she had the tahara, she was buried next to the wrong husband. Yeah, so we said the halacha says you'll not exhume them. You'll not exhume yeah, them okay. to... to oh, under, yeah. under certain circumstances, you can exhume them to move them. Yeah. To a specific place, but maybe in this case you don't want to exhume them because you don't want the Catholic son to get them. <laughs> Keep them away. Say you know you don't want to disturb the dead. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Who knows what the circumstances were in that case? Um, especially if she says in the will she wants to be exhumed and moved there to so whatever, be next to the next to the relatives. Then you can I would be exhumed. amazed if that son would dare do anything after that because right. No, he. It sounded. It sounded like from the Shaila. It sounded like from the Shaila that he was not gonna do anything. Right. Anyway, so Rabbi Tzvi Zilberstein says, "He thinks that you should not say a bracha on this." 
You only say a bracha haida ela toive mamashishegilo and something that actually happened. But in this case, nothing happened except that he quotes um, our teacher Hagoyim Rambam Kanievsky who holds that you should make a bracha. Why? Because the son, he is looking from the other perspective, Rabbi Chaim Konevsky. The son is actually happy that the mother is alive, which he wasn't happy before. Because the bracha is the, the cause of the obligation of saying the bracha is the happiness that one feels. And since the person feels happiness, even though nothing actually happened, he has to say the bracha. That's what Rabbi Chaim Konevsky holds. Now, he wants to uh, uh, bring the discussion to our Pasha. He wants to, he wants to uh, say that perhaps maybe the discussion is contingent upon what it says in the Pasha. This week's Pasha, Pasha Zvayechi. What does it say in the Pasha? So in Perak Memtes, chapter 49, Yaakov uh, Elbonav. Yaakov called all his children before, before he was going to pass away. He didn't pass away, the Gemara says in Tainus 5b, but before he was presumably going to Passed away by Yomer, he Gather together, and I will tell you what's going to happen to you at the end of days. Rashi here quotes the Gemara in Sachim, page 56. The Gemara says, Bikesh Yaakov Yaakov wanted to tell them what's going to happen in the future. He wanted to tell them the end. Presumably, he wanted to tell them the, the, the uh, Yomus HaMashiach. He wanted to tell them what's going to happen in the times of the Mashiach. The Shechina left him, the Divine Presence left Yaakov at that moment. He started to say other things. What are the other things that he started to say? So this, we look in the Gemara Mesech, on page 56a, the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says, Tan The Rabbi Hashma. How do you tie the Shema together? Which is, a, this, is a, this is a Mishnah. Um... So the Mishnah says, what do you what do you do? The Mishnah says you say Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokein Hashem Echad. It gives different opinions. Um, the, the, you continue straight when you say Baruch Shem Kivod Machusol Ilam Bayit afterwards. Then the Gemara says like Rab Shimon Ben Lakish Dashin Dam Rab Shimon Ben Lakish, and he quotes uh, the pasuk in our parsha. The pasuk in our parsha is Vayikra Yaakov Albanav. Yaakov called all his children, and the, the Gemara quotes the pasuk. What happened? Picks up where Rashi leaves off. When the divine presence left him, the divine presence yeah, left him. So what was Yaakov's reaction to the fact that the divine presence left him when he wanted to tell his children what's going to be at the end of days? So the Gemara says, Omar, he said, Perhaps maybe I have a child that's no good. He said, Maybe I have a child that's no good. And that's what? That's not unusual because Avram Avraham had Yishmael. Va'avi Yitzchak, my father, He had Esav. Maybe, perhaps, maybe I have also uh, something like this. Omrulobanov, his children said to him, Shema Yisrael. Listen, Yisrael. So here, Yisrael means Yaakov because that's another one of Yaakov's names. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Amru, they say, right, Hashem is our God, He is one. Amru, what were they saying to Him? Kishim shim bilibecha ele echad. 
the same way that in your heart there's only one, meaning one Hashem, also in our hearts also there's only one, meaning that we're all good. Don't worry about us, that we have the same beliefs as you do, we have the same uh, commitment as you do, in our belief in that there's only one monotheistic deity. There's only one Hashem, there's only one God. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, what did Pasa say? So that, that's, Pasach Yaakov Avinu Amar Baruch Shem Kivod Machus So what did Yaakov Avinu say? Yaakov Avinu said, Baruch Shem, Hashem is, blessed is the name, Kavod Malchuso, the honor of his kingdom, Lolem Vayed forever, which is the Pasach that we say, um, that, which is the word that we say, sorry, which is the word that we say, right after we say the Shema, when we say the Shema. So really, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkein Hashem Echad is the, the words that the children of Yaakov said to Yaakov in this week's Pasha. And the, and the words that we say, Baruch Shem Kivon Machusoli Olam Vo'ed, Baruch Shem Kivon Machusoli Olam Vo'ed is the response that Yaakov gave his children in this particular situation. Amri Rabbonon, the rabbi say, Hey, Chinavid, how are we going to do this? Naminu, should we say this? Should we say these words right after the Shema? Lo Amr Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu never told us to say the words after the Shema. Lo Namrinu, we're not going to say the words. Amr Yaakov, Yaakov said the words. So what happened? Iskinu, they made a deal, they made a takona, they made a decree, Shiyu, Aymri Moshe Rabbeinu, they should say Baruch Shem Kivar Machus Olilamad quietly. So that's how we say quietly, the source for this is, this is Gemara in Psachim 56a. That we say the Baruch Shem Kivar Machus Olilamad, we say it quietly. Why do you cut your eyes? That's for a different. That's for a different thing. But that's not not for this. That's for the Shema. But we're saying, how do we say Baruch Shem Kivon That we say quietly because 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 really Moshe Rabbeinu didn't tell us to say. So okay, that's the Gemara. That's the Gemara. Uh, the reason why Yaakov said these words, the Gemara, the Marshal explains, is because the Gemara says in Yuma, page thirty-seven A. The Gemara says that whenever the Kayin Gadol used to say Hashem's name during the uh, Hashem's name during the whenever Hashem's name was said during the Yom Kippur service, the Gemara says that every every and we say it in the davening on Yom Kippur, the Gemara says that whenever we uh, say Hashem's name, the, whenever we said Hashem's name, that everybody answered Baruch Hashem Kippur Makuzoli Right? The Gemara here says thirty-seven A. The Gemara says Tanya Rabbi Rabbi Aimer Rabbi said, it says in the pasuk. In Vizosa in, Brochen, in the last portion of the Torah, it says, Kishem Hashem Ekra, when I will call Hashem's name, bring greatness to our God. So, Moshe said to the Jewish people, When I mention Hashem's name, bring greatness to him. That's what the Pazik means. Kishem Hashem Ekra, when I will say Hashem's name, bring greatness to him. Chananya ben Achi, um, you bring uh, greatness to him. So, that's what the Gemara says. So you see, says the Gemara. Now, in another version, the Gemara says that Rabbi Yeshua said that we say in the Pasuk in Mishlei Tan, Zeichet Tzadik Levracha, that we never mention a Tzadik, we should mention him for a blessing. So Hashem is the ultimate Tzadik, He's the quintessential Tzadik. So whenever Hashem's name is mentioned, his name should be mentioned for a blessing. And therefore, the Gemara says, you say the words, Baruch Shem Kivar Machus Oli Olam Vlad. And Yom Kippur, you don't say a thousand times. What? And Yom Kippur, you say Hashem's name a thousand times. Right, right. So whenever it was said, whenever the name was said, 
the, the response was always Baruch Shem so, so, says the Masha, that that's what Yaakov was saying. Presumably, when the children said to Yaakov, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, they must have said Hashem's name, actually. So, as soon as Yaakov heard Hashem's name, his response was, like on Yom Kippur, he said the words, Baruch Hashem, So, it leaves us the question of Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu, why is it that Hashem didn't want him to say the end? Yaakov was speculating the reason why Hashem didn't want him, the reason why the Divine Presence left him and he wasn't able to say the end was because he wasn't Zoycha, he didn't marry it because he didn't have a child that was proper. The Gemara says it's not true, all his children were proper. They were all, uh, all righteous, all the same belief. And the Gemara does not leave clear as to why Hashem took away his Shekhin, his Divine Presence, and Yaakov was not able to tell them the end. That's what the Gemara says. But Yaakov said, the words Baruch Shem Kibor Machzolilamvayt as a response to the children telling him that he was one. That's what the uh, that's the, the whole Gemara on this explanation of the Gemara in in Msachim and the Gemara in Yom. So it says Rabbi Yitzchak Zilberstein. Rabbi Yitzchak Zilberstein wants to say in the name of Rabbi Yerucham Herlau in his commentary on the Sefer of the Rav Sadiagon in uh, Milduyim Beis. He wants to say the following thing. He wants to say that Yaakov never thought that, his children, that he had a child that was not uh, good. He assumed that all of his children were proper tzaddikim. That's what he assumed. That's what Rabbi Ruchim Perla says. That's what Yaakov's assumption was. And that's why he decided to start telling him the end. But then he wasn't able to. So he got nervous that maybe one of the children is not proper. So what did the children say? No, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, listen. Right? You should know that we're all proper. So Yaakov found out, says Rabbi Yeruchim Perla, that, that, uh, that his children are all proper. Now he was happy because for the moment he wasn't sure. So what did Yaakov want to do? Yaakov wanted to say a bracha of Hatov HaMetiv. He wanted to say a bracha, like we just learned in Simran Yishchabez, he knew the halacha, he wanted to say a bracha of Hatov HaMetiv. However, Yaakov himself realized that what's he saying a bracha on? Nothing on finding out that all his children are tzaddikim, but that he was assuming already before. So this is something which was already a reality, except that he thought not, and then he found out yes. So he wasn't sure on whether or not he should say a bracha. So instead of saying a bracha, Rabbi Yerucham Perlau says, he said the words of Baruch Shem Kivod Machusol Oh, and he, Rabbi Amr was just saying that whenever you start a bracha and you realize that you were making a mistake, you say Baruch Shem Kivod Right, so the halach is, right, as Rabbi, Rabbi Unger said, that, that if a person says a bracha improperly, says Hashem's name properly, so they should always respond with the words, Baruch Shem Kiwad Makusoli Lomboed. But here, Rabbi Ruchim Perlal adds, another thing is that he says that there's a slew of opinions that hold that when you're not sure what bracha to make, you should also, be, in the beginning, with that mistake, say the words of Baruch Shem Kiwad Makusoli Lomboed, which we don't hold like. But Yaakov said that because he wasn't sure what bracha to make. That's what he says. So, so, so he wants to say, he wants to say that that he wasn't a hundred percent sure. He wasn't. Yaakov Avinu wanted to say the bracha, and this, and therefore he said the words of Baruch Shem Kol which was the key words when one says when one is not sure would say a bracha. 
which we don't hold like, or if one mistakenly says a bracha that they weren't supposed to say. Like if you're not sure what that bracha to say, whether they say a bracha or not, yeah. so you don't say baruch shem only if you make a mistake, you don't say anything. Okay. If you're not sure what bracha to say, you don't say a bracha at all. But if but if you say a bracha mistakenly, then afterwards you say Baruch Shem Kiwa Machusolilam Bayit. Yaakov held of the opinion that holds that you say Baruch Shem Kiwa Machusolilam Bayit, even if you're not sure what bracha to say, according to Rabbi Yeruchim Perla. But from here he says Rabbi Yitzchak Zilberstein is he says that Yaakov's circumstances were exactly the same as our would-be son who lost his mother in his mind. The same way that the son thought that his mother was dead, so too Yaakov thought that he had a child that was not proper. The same way that the son found out that his mother was never dead, so too Yaakov found out that all his children are proper. The same way that the son was happy, regardless of what happened in the past, he was happy that his mother was alive. The same way Yaakov was happy that his children were righteous. So what happened in that case? What happened in that case? Yaakov wasn't sure, therefore, in that circumstance. So you see, now, what, how did Yaakov act? From Yaakov, we can learn. The son went to the rabbi. Should I say a bracha on this or not? Because I'm happy. From Yaakov, we can learn that Yaakov had the same question to himself. Should I say a bracha on this or not? Because I'm happy. What did Yaakov do? Yaakov said, Baruch Shem Kivod Machusoli Olam Because Yaakov wasn't sure what bracha one should say. Right? So we don't hold like that. Therefore, we don't have an answer, but we see that the question is already in the parsha. <laughs> so he says, uh, he says that um, the Vayerv now says, Rabbi Zilberstein says, perhaps maybe we could learn that in this case you do have to say something. He says, we don't know. We don't know whether we should say a bracha. So therefore, to say to the son, we say to him, we don't know. Say a bracha or not say a bracha. We don't know whether you should say a bracha because we're not sure. On the one hand, Rabbi Tzik is of the opinion that nothing happened. On the other hand, Chaim Kanievsky is of the opinion that you should say a bracha because even nothing happened. There was an extra measure of happiness on behalf of, 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 of the son because he found out that his mother was that he found out that his mother was that he found out that his mother was alive. So therefore, since whenever we're not sure of what to do when it comes to brachos, we don't say the bracha. And anyway, we we have the custom not to say Hashem's name regarding these brachos, as we mentioned before. And it's better to follow the advice of the piskei chuvos. That whenever this happens, immediately one should thank Hashem, but not necessarily a bracha needs to be said. Okay, so in summary, we learned two lessons. First, one lesson is, get the story straight. <laughs> right? Get the story straight. Because things happen. That's one lesson. Another lesson is, if we dive in, then we can change even what was meant for us to what was meant to be. You see that from Leah, and you see this from this Misa. And number three is, is that we should be thankful to Hashem that everything Hashem has bought in order to proper, follow the proper aloha. In, the, in such a case, we would not say, we would not, uh, we would not say a bracha. And that we learn, or perhaps maybe the issue comes up in this week's class. Amen.
No, no, this is the commentary on, there's a three-volume set on Rav Sadiagon on his Sefer on Mitzvah. He wrote a Sefer. You know, we, we know the Gemara says in, uh, in Marcus 23b that there's 613 Mitzvahs. So we know the 613 Mitzvahs, except nobody can agree on what they are. Right. So Rav Sadiagon has a... Um, Rav Sadiagon wrote a Sefer uh, uh, on the Mitzvahs, and, and, and this is a commentary from Rabbi Ruchim Perla on the Mitzvahs. And there, in, the, in his Miluyim, in the ba- whatever he says, he says this, uh, this idea, which is uh, Rabbi Tzikzobishtan uses to figure out what the Halacha is, or try to figure out what the Halacha is. I don't understand how, how you could read this. What, what okay, Agun Shavis. 